On November 22nd, we hosted our annual appreciation gala, where we had an opportunity to celebrate our supporters. More on this on today's episode. From our office, Potro, Oyudari, and Gesser. Welcome to the Lantung Dojo podcast. Welcome to another episode in English. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Good evening. We have a new host today. Guest host? Guest host. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm permanent. <laughs> From now on, I'm, I'm going to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that also sounds great. Um, what's your name? Uh, my name is Ayudari. Mm-hmm. And I am a volunteer at Tantantaho USA. I, I handle um, grant research and application funding, essentially, development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we do pretty much everything together. Right. Yeah, I, I do all kinds of tasks. <laughs> <laughs> I clean, I cook, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just for some reason it felt very, what is it called? Uh, when when it, It's like a feeling of deja vu, like, mm-hmm. um, like I've already seen, because we had the same conversation in Mongolian previously. No, but I was just talking to Batra that when you switch languages, yeah. there's your personality changes exactly. a little bit, exactly. yeah, which is like really bizarre. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, it's very hard, difficult to explain. Your alter ego, right? I was told, I like, yeah. 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 I, I was told that I get really sassy when I okay, speak Okay, but English. you're sassy, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, then it's it's time to show that. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to show my sassiness. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, essentially, I was telling, I was saying what I do in London, Tokyo, USA. So, <clears throat> essentially, right now, what we do is we get donations from people, our magic brothers and magic sisters, but... In the long run, I think everybody knows that this way of raising funds is not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. That's why we need um, larger grants to continue our operations. Um, and that's that's a difficult task, I think, for all of us. Uh, mm-hmm. Because in Mongolia, nonprofit organizations, uh, I don't know how, how, do you guys know how are they nonprofits are, operate in Mongolia? How they're funded? Yeah, how are they funded? I think it definitely depends on the type of yeah the type of nonprofit and but what they do in size. And that. Yeah, I <clears> also <throat> I, I I feel like though I don't know I don't know any research or statistics on this, but um, I'm pretty sure Lantong Dokyo's model is a very unique one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I had a question for you, Oyudari. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel like what in your experience when researching different grants? How, in general, uh, nonprofits in the U.S. operate? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, in nonprofits in the U.S., mainly receive grants from the government, the federal government, um, state, and local governments also give money, or they get money funding from big foundations. Um, I don't know, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, mm-hmm. and big or corporations, too. big corporations too, as part of their uh, corporate. Uh, Social, yeah, social responsibility type of projects. Mm. Yeah. We talked about this in the previous episode, but uh, one of uh, one important criteria in the requirements is is the fact is the fact that uh, the company has to have a very um, transparent 
mm-hmm. um, and uh, and clear financial uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So in order to prove that, nonprofits get audited. Mm-hmm. The good news for us is that for the second consecutive year, we were able to complete that. So what, do you think? How do you think our chances will increase with this um, with this uh, new development? Right. So that in um, having an audited reports, independent independently audited reports, um, significantly increases our chances of receiving um, larger funds because all the applications for funding require you know financial transparency. First of all, Walter might talk about this more like financial policies, mm-hmm. internal policies, and um, independently audited. Uh, report for the whole year so mm-hmm. they require that all the big uh, funders require that mm-hmm. so it's it's great that we have for two consecutive years um, have our reports mm-hmm. and so that we can start applying yeah yeah so um, since we have we were established in 2016 in 2016 we didn't really pretty much have we didn't have much going on mm-hmm. and from 2017 and 18 we have really started uh, focusing on raising funds mm-hmm. and therefore we decided to have our 2017 and 18 um, financials audited by the independent auditor and we have the, the opinion is a modified opinion which is there you know there shouldn't there doesn't have doesn't need modification in the financial statements so mm-hmm. which is the best form of possible, opinion, possible outcome. outcome we could have mm-hmm. um, and it was only possible because of our accounting policies that we have set from the get-go. And <clears throat> even though we are a volunteer organization, I mean, we are all like all of the members. Everybody in the organization is hundred percent volunteer. We are the legal legal entity, mm-hmm. um, nonprofit corporation. So we have to have the certain steps to ensure that the funding we are getting are. Um, managed and distributed in a sound way mm-hmm. and so that includes financial transparency segregation of duties for the people who are handling the money so we have um, three people who pretty much handle all the financial part um, including me I, I am the CFO so I oversee all of the financial transactions um, budgeting and um, pretty much oversee everything mm-hmm. and I have um, she is the accountant mm-hmm. she assists me with um, different tasks which I don't um, I oversee but our duties are segregated so we don't do the same thing mm-hmm. or one person has like all the you know duties so there's no um, overlap, overlap. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have a um, she, she is a CPA and um, nonprofit expert, mm-hmm. and so she is our um, accountant advisory board. So we have three members, and because we are the public charity or nonprofit organization, um, we have to have. I mean, it, it's not required for us to be audited every year because mm-hmm. we don't get funding from the government or from the US of, from the U.S. Mm-hmm. government. And none of the funders we have so far requires us to be audited. Mm-hmm. But in order to get bigger grants, mm-hmm. um, most of the grantors ask for the audited financial statements. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have it done just so we are on the 
safe side and to know if we are doing everything the way it's supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of, we have had grants for the last two, three years, mm -hmm. um, smaller grants, but they're all from the bigger corporations such as IBM, mm -hmm. um, KPMG, um, United Airlines, mm -hmm. um, Google, and a lot of other um, companies that they have um, supporters working for those organizations and then they can um, say the employers that they support the organization some of them actually volunteer and work for us so they can get the matching donations mm -hmm. as well so we are very grateful for the for everybody's support mm -hmm. yeah. and these people were mainly Mongolians right yeah, yeah. mainly Mongolians yeah and one of them is our um, board member also our um, one of our main members, Adza, she mm -hmm. works for IBM and we're getting the IBM grant for the third year in a row. Mm -hmm. Oh, Daddy, do you know um, <clears throat> what main or, or basic requirements uh, do we have to meet to qualify for uh, grants from, from the government? From the government? Um, I'm not sure about government, but a lot of the grants ask, like I said, financial transparency, you know, financial policies, audited, um, audit reports. Um, a lot of funders require like annual reports, mm -hmm. you know, whether we're putting it out there for our supporters or for general public, like what we've accomplished, like for one whole year. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of funders ask for a specific budget for project-based budget. So if we're saying that, oh, we're gonna build the center or we're gonna do this workshop or program, we have to have a specific budget for that uh, project. Uh, we also have to have a plan. Um, so how are we gonna measure the impact, right? Mm -hmm. um, by doing this project, how something is improving, right? What's, what are some of the changes that are happening thanks to this project that would not have happened if we didn't do this project? Mm -hmm. So. There's a lot of materials, a lot of things to consider when applying for grants mm -hmm. here in the U.S. And a lot of responsibility to, to right. you keep track of everything that's going on with that funding and that project. project. Yeah. yeah, we can't just apply and maybe we receive the grant, yay, we receive the grant, and then forget about it because yeah. funders are going to come back and ask, uh, so what, what did you do? Yeah. What happened? Mm -hmm. uh, how did you spend the money? Yeah. So... And it's our responsibility to keep it um, that way too, like to keep, you know, to make everything the way it's supposed to. Because although we are volunteers, we are also legal entities, we are responsible for the mm -hmm. people's money. So it's important to keep track of everything and abide by the law. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, like Oyudari said, to maintain. To create sustainable future for our operations and activities, both in Mongolia and, uh, and the U.S., um, we can't always be dependent on the public uh, public funding. So the point of this uh, this discussion is we're doing everything we can to continue operating, thanks to our magic brothers and sisters. But we also have to think about sustainability uh, and diversify the types of um, funds we're receiving. So this effort is important uh, for our future because it's going to help us continue operating without solely just uh, depending on uh, the magic brothers and sisters. 
two weeks ago, on November 22nd, we had our uh, annual appreciation gala dinner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's talk about that. How was it? I think it was a success. I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with the outcome. Yeah, it was a great event. Uh, this is the second year we're having this annual appreciation event. Last year we had a significantly smaller event. Uh, this year uh, the size was bigger, a lot more people came, and mm-hmm. I think we had uh, more things. Uh, we presented more information. Uh, we had we had musical numbers. We had like <laughs> we had entertainment exactly. Food. We had food. Uh, we had. Um, Foreign, foreign guests. I'm just kidding. <laughs> foreign, foreign guests. guests. Yeah. Uh, even the ambassador showed up. So yeah, I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think that was a success. Yeah, and um, our goal was different too. Like last year, we just wanted to present what we have done, and then really like 100% to express our appreciations with the magic supporters. But this mm-hmm. year, on top of everything we did last year. Like, you know, to say thank you to the magic supporters, we also wanted to report on what's going on exactly in Mongolia. As you know, there's so much going on with Magic Mongolia, one being in operation almost three years now, mm-hmm. and Magic Mongolia, two being um, in the middle of mm-hmm. getting built. Mm-hmm. And um, that exact same day was the first day of the opening ceremony, so it was such a huge deal. And also, I wanted we wanted to tell everybody how important it is to keep their sports or add new supporters because um, Magic Mongolia two funding is it's it's only halfway through. Even though the building is almost up, but there's so much, so many like payments that we still need to make. But at the same time, Magic Mongolia once operation support is. Um, getting tighter and tighter with mm-hmm. the decreasing number of supporters. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make a emphasis about it. So I presented a small, short presentation. And also we wanted to increase our donor basis and diversify, not only just focus on Mongolian supporters, but to invite other people who um, may be willing to support us or the people who may have connections so we can work with other nonprofits who are fighting against the same um, issue mm-hmm. um, all around the world. So I think it was a, it was a well-rounded event and it was a success. Gisser mm-hmm. here, he translated live yeah, um, so, the event yeah. for foreigners, which is very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, positive feedbacks. Uh, minor? No, I'm kidding. It's only positive. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was more, but I got nothing. No. I think the sam- survey sample size was small to get better understanding. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear any anything other than um, you know positive feedback. So. I guess he did well, but okay, I was busy. Right. <laughs> yeah, she was she was busy uh, thinking about her presentation, which I thought was very informative and very fast. Because I mean, let, let's be honest. Let's fast. let's be honest. Like no one wants to sit through like 20, 30 minutes, minutes of financial information. And only maybe few people. Yeah, only maybe few people. But yeah. I think uh, what you presented was very important. Yeah. Um, like how we are officially. 
a nonprofit registered in the U.S. And do you want to mention yeah, some and, of the highlights? Yeah, it was just how we started. Um, like when it was start when it was legally formed, and mm-hmm. then um, how people can get information such as audited financials, annual reports, nine nineties, because those are important. And um, obviously, those who are interested, you can get the annual reports for 2017 and 18 from our website mm-hmm. at lantern.org. And our uh, 990s are on guidesurvey.org. Mm-hmm. And our annual no, audited reports for 2017 and 18 can be um, sent to you at um, request. Uh-huh. And, and then I also talked about, you know, what I just mentioned, how uh, Magic Mongolia won operations monthly donation basis decreasing from how it was almost $12,000 um, at the beginning of this initiative, mm-hmm. which was April of 2018, to now only about 6500 which is almost like 50% yeah. drop. Mm-hmm. And, but based on the actual expenses that we have received, um, uh, there is about $7,500 monthly expense every mm-hmm. month that is just only spent on the operations so we're already um like one thousand dollar short short uh-huh. every month and if it, if people if more people are going to drop it's only going to increase the difference is going to increase and then um and then metro mongolia 2 is going to be in operation from next spring mm-hmm. so we'll we need more supporters uh-huh. yeah supporters and but I also wanted to mention how what you said we're not we're we're doing everything we can to diversify our donor basis, mm-hmm. but at the same time, magic supporters are our bread and butter yeah. for our organization. Yeah, yeah, they're crucial. You mentioned something about overhead during the presentation. Yeah, and can you explain what what is overhead and? So overhead. Sometimes over the. <laughs> over the head. Yes, that's pretty much it. Um. So. For nonprofit organizations, it's important to um, keep the overhead as low as possible. But without overhead, it, the, uh, the nonprofit can operate. So first of all, what what is overhead? So overhead is pretty much mm-hmm. yeah, it's a type of expense. It's it's the main expense. It's operating expense pretty mm-hmm. much. Like let's say for a typical average nonprofit. Their operating expense would be their like administrative salary, mm-hmm. CEO's salary, um, office rent, telephone utilities, mm-hmm. general and administrative expenses, and fundraising expenses as well. Mm. But in our case, because we are 100% volunteers, mm-hmm. there's no salary expense. Mm-hmm. And even though we have office, mm-hmm. our own office, thanks to our mm-hmm. supporters and one of our members, um, he lets us use one of his office, um, company's office rooms for mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we have kept our overhead pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, the industry average is, um, like if anything, if the overhead is anything between 18 to 35% is, it's okay, mm-hmm. like it's average. Um, anything over 35 would be a red flag. Mm-hmm. And there, it's kind of hard for a nonprofit to operate to have a 18% or lower overhead, mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to have effective nonprofit. But based on our financials, our overhead for 2016 was um, 6%, and 
and mm-hmm. I mean 2017 was six percent and 2018 was about seven percent mm-hmm. so we are very very um, lean lean <laughs> nonprofit and skinny skinny nonprofit <laughs> yes so that means in 2017 94 percent of the for all of our expenses had directly gone to the programs mm-hmm. um, and then in 2018 Ninety-three percent had gone to the directly. directly. Yeah. Okay. So that's a that's a pretty big deal, and yeah, and it's thanks to everybody who is part of the Lantonderio. Not only the volunteers, but all of the supporters for making it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the important point here is we personally, I think, this event was a great investment. Mm-hmm. Um, in the future for people to get better understanding of our work mm-hmm. um, to um, show the support um, and and you know for uh, supporters to see each other mm-hmm. you know how uh, people from different backgrounds from different ages and you know in some cases businesses mm-hmm. um, they came together for one goal right to to participate in solving the the social issue that uh, our nonprofit is trying to tackle mm-hmm. um, yeah and one other thing that was I think we should mention is that um, one of our members Oyanga, mm-hmm. had gone uh, had a chance to visit the Metro Mongolia Center the one the Metro Mongolia one the protection and development center um, this past summer mm-hmm. And she had the first-hand opportunity to learn how they operate. And then she also talked about a case that actually had happened um, that we had. Mm-hmm. A case of a child, right? A case of a child, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how the problem was solved um, from the beginning until the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really impactful, I think, because especially because she's a magic sister from the beginning. And I think for magic supporters who attended the event to see how she explained um, her experience visiting the center back home was, mm-hmm. I think, very impactful. Yeah. And it was really hurtful to hear about what happened, you know, about mm-hmm. the case, even though none of the personal information was um released or exposed mm-hmm. but we just knew what that little girl had to go through and all of the services we had provided mm-hmm. uh, but it was one of the 145 cases we had so far mm-hmm. so if magic mongolia center wasn't there we had no idea how mm-hmm. those 145 cases would have been solved or what would have happened to what would have happened and it's nowhere near enough like we're not serving everybody and even the other Mongolian, uh, what do you call it? The Center Against uh, Violence. The Yeah, we do have it. Yeah, we do have the government. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a National right? Center Against uh, Violence. Violence. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, its capacity is much smaller than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we're still thankful that it's you know it's there, but it's. With even with ours, it's only two that's operating in the in the whole country. Yeah, so it's just there is a great need of um, serving more and services and reaching out to people and yeah, really helping the people who can't help themselves. 
another statistics uh, that I heard from the from the speech of the about Mongolian ambassador to the U.S. who served previously as the minister of uh, of education. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about statistics that uh, with the transition of Mongolia to democracy in the early nineties, um, increase in families, and I think uh, you know increase in life expectancy led to. Um, obviously led to increase in population and then the kindergartens just couldn't keep up mm-hmm. you know elementary schools k to 12 and uh i i i don't know which year but um let's assume 2017 the um acceptance rate in kindergartens was about 75 percent mm-hmm. which means it can't fulfill wow. um, all the children that's why there's a lottery system mm-hmm. um, in a lot of cases people uh, are not satisfied with it because uh, it leads to you know corruption obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, same challenge is faced by elementary schools mm-hmm. when children have to go through two three cycles you know early uh, midday, yeah early midday and late, late night afternoon. yeah so uh, obviously there are many challenges and no wonder uh, that there is only one protection center for children in the whole country, mm-hmm. and Magic Mongolia, one being the second the one. The second one, right. Yeah. It's almost the necessity. I mean, it's not almost, it is the necessity. That's, mm-hmm. that's why it's there, and the need is huge. And many services, the list of services that Oyanga talked about was, uh, many of them were offered only at Magic Mongolia 1. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the impactful ones that I heard was the socializing service, mm-hmm. when they let... Um, they make sure that children don't uh, uh, don't stay away from their friends, right? Mm-hmm. They they make sure that they go to the school that they go to, mm-hmm. um, and um, to in some cases because apparently you know some of the uh, some of the information that was provided was uh, deeply deeply touched me because uh, in, in some cases they said that children didn't go to school and a lot of times they would be locked in their homes Mm -hmm. so there would be no socializing Mm -hmm. opportunity whatsoever Mm -hmm. so um, essential services like that that are offered at Magic Mongolia one are needed yeah yeah, are needed very much in 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 the in today's society Mm -hmm. I think due to like budgetary constraints the government operated one does not uh, offer a variety of services as uh, Magic Mongolia Center does, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of like grasps, gasps uh, uh, during the gala. Yeah. yeah, people didn't realize that there were only two uh, places that were providing these services. And Kisir is correct; like those types of services, especially like psychological or legal, or even like the social aspect one, is very important. Um, I think I heard, I watched the video where they were talking about, or was it a article that I read about um, Magic Mongolia 1? Some children who arrive, <clears throat> they don't know how to communicate mm-hmm. with their peers or with people. So the main way they communicate is like physically, like they hit someone or hurt someone, or that's the only way they know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people see like, oh, he's a bad kid, or she's a bad kid, like she's wild. But that's not true. That's 
the only way that child learned to know how to communicate like they don't know how to use their words like they don't know how to express their emotions like if you're getting frustrated they don't know how to say hey this is very frustrating for me like they don't know how to communicate that yeah so. and that's a very important part i mean point because we only think i mean sometimes we think okay if, if this kid needs clothes food mm-hmm. like just the basic basic needs that we can see like we can provide it but but that's it's just the it's just a scratch in the top. You know, mm-hmm. it's just only the surface. But inside is what's more important. And that's why we have in Magic Mongolia there is the psychologist, therapists, and that socializing aspect of, of mm-hmm. it, one of the services that we provide. All the expenses of which are covered by the donations from Magic Biz- uh, Brothers and Sisters and yeah. Magic Business, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Magic Business, that's mm-hmm. one of the new newer um supporters supporters mm-hmm. um if anybody who is interested in becoming magic business you would just simply have to go to our website at lantonbefiola.org mm-hmm. and click on the donate button on the top right hand corner mm-hmm. and um, choose the monthly subscriber and your donation would be um, $100 or more monthly, mm-hmm. then you would become a magic supporter, magic business supporter. Right. But if you're an, an individual who wants to donate also monthly, you would just do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But you can choose whatever amount you want to put um, as for your monthly support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we should also mention that uh, all the donations are tax deductible. Yes, right. as we are 501c3 organization, mm-hmm. um, you are able to get tax deductions on the donation amounts that you give us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention regarding the gala was the little children who came to perform. Um, those were children from Mongolian school in Maryland. Maryland? Yeah. Yeah, which is a state uh, right next to Virginia. They traveled all the way from Maryland to perform for. <laughs> They were so cute. And, yeah, they were so cute. And it's just impressive, right, to even for children to say that, you know, hey, like, we, we want to go and perform for to support this great cause. Yeah, and even there were other children from that they go to the Anora music too, mm-hmm. that they played Menohor and, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. They sang. So, yeah, Anora music is like our... Like, <laughs> our, like our constant, consistent entertainment. Towards the end of the event, we did have a chance to uh, go live with uh, with our leaders in Mongolia from mm-hmm. the uh, beginning of the official opening ceremony of the Magic Mongolia 2, mm-hmm. right? which is uh, a center three times bigger than the first one yeah. and one of the major projects that... Um, um, that is still happening mm-hmm. since the beginning of this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it was as Kisir said, it was the the opening ceremony, the first day of the opening ceremony of the building. And with that said, the building is nowhere to be done mm-hmm. inside and outside. It's almost complete, um, and it was really fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, like live because I I didn't I only saw the photos of it and I didn't really know how it's being done inside and and it was it was very impressive and it, we, the video had started with um, Jack being in the swing on the swing yeah on the yeah. swing and it was the very first uh, what do you call it a swing for 
disabled children. Disabled children friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Disability friendly so. Yeah. Yeah. I just made up a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, like a, a, from the accessibility standpoint, having uh, the steps, which is, I mean, we talk about this as a big deal because it is a big deal in Mongolia mm -hmm. where, you know, a lot of times, uh, even if the laws exist, they're not followed, followed executed. Yeah. to, you know, can you, even, even if the building has as an elevator, in many times you have to go through some steps to get to, to that the elevator. elevator, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. even yeah. simple things like this are like, unfortunately and sadly are not followed. Um, and then I think if we can persuade them by um, saying, mm -hmm. we can at least advocate by showing it. Exactly, yeah. being examples. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And I loved how it had, you know, this like hangout area, like mm -hmm. reading area, like library. Oh my god, the library. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that one seat was yes. just so... The round oh, seat. Man. I, wanna go. I just want to go there and sit there forever and not let anybody else sit. <laughs> Think so. <laughs> yeah. I think we should mention that as uh, Magic Mongolia 1, Magic Mongolia 2 is located in a very uh, difficult neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And when I say difficult, it's uh, it's long distanced from many essential services mm -hmm. um, around there. Um, it's one of the poorest areas yeah. and um, it's... Um, are there any schools or there's only one school near there? Yeah. I'm not I'm not really hundred percent sure on how the schooling in that area. And I think officially they're gonna start their operations towards the uh, spring of the next year, right? Mm -hmm. That's the plan, but it all depends on the funding and I mean, it's pretty much dependent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think overall, the event was a big success. And, I, you know, I think the important thing to say is that on behalf of the Matondo Hyo, I'd like to thank all the guests who took the time mm -hmm. um, to to join us in, in, in you know, I, I see it as a celebration of... Uh, accomplishment. Uh, accomplishment and celebration of... Of, of a compassion mm -hmm. of people who who decided for themselves that um, it is something that they would support and it is an important issue to uh, to to fight for together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you guys think else oh I just remember one of our magic supporters birthday was that night oh too. Right, yeah. and then we so we had this band called Fuller, and um, which happens to be my name. <laughs> yeah, which happens just to come be, up with that. <laughs> which happens to be her name, and which happens to be like in which our CEO sings. Oh man, <laughs> so what a surprise! Yeah. yeah, so the band had come up to the stage like towards the end, very yeah. end of our um, gala, and and then like I was distracted and talking to somebody, and then. Like the person I was talking to was not paying attention to me anymore. Like he was just like, "What?" Like you know. And then I looked back, and then it was our CEO Taga was like, you know, had guitar and like started singing. And yeah, he's he's he a was playing guitar. He's a truly uh, Renaissance man because he owns a business. He runs a nonprofit, and then he also actually <laughs> the sings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was uh, it was a surprise. So. 
they had um, as like one of the band members was uh, the husband of the um, the supporter, mm-hmm. this lady Teggy, and and then they sang the they played the Happy Birthday song, and then oh. they had surprise, you know. Which birthday was it? Teggy. Oh, for real? Yeah, for real. Okay, okay. Yeah, you weren't there. I was in the. I was helping somewhere else, but uh, I I knew there was somebody's birthday, but yeah. I didn't know it was her because yeah, yeah I know her. Um, yeah, yeah, and also I think we should mention um, our uh, supporter and one of us uh, in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, Doggy. Oh, yeah. yeah, she definitely. she had a similar event in the Bay Area that included a lot of the supporters in uh, California, and she's very impressive. She's very active and mm-hmm. she somehow manages to do stuff that all of us do here alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how she does it. Yeah, and she has some support, but she's just our, like, I mean, somebody we look up to and she's very energetic and she's a true, true believer in the mission of Camp And yeah, we're just so happy to have her mm-hmm. in, in our team. Yeah, we're really grateful. Well, um, thank you very much for the update. Um, So, Ayudari, why did you decide to join um, Lantubakil? I decided to join and volunteer for this organization because if I don't do it, then I don't know who will do it. And I I did not want to leave it up to someone else to help this organization. Um, I have some skills. Um, I'm not perfect, but I think if we can we have to help instead of waiting for someone else to come and you know do this work so there's uh there's place and time Mm -hmm. so i think it was my place and time to support this organization that's the reason why Mm -hmm. what about you guys for me it's pretty much same same as either is it's just that that we have waited enough like we cannot always rely on other people to do the best thing I mean that's just how I think that's how everything is pretty much like if you want to get things done you got to do it yourself instead of waiting for somebody else to do mm-hmm. it and and then I think uh, just for uh, like in Mongolia I think we have waited enough mm-hmm. and and then especially children's cannot be the victims of those you know the license of stepping forward and doing the actual work mm-hmm and it, it gives me a great sense of um, happiness by knowing that, that I'm part of somebody's um, life's positive change and hopefully that person or whoever getting, getting impacted is going to be in much better position than, you know, than if I didn't, yeah, yeah, didn't who you were there. there. Yeah. We talked about this previously, but I think the point we're trying to make is that there obviously uh, will be and there are people who are more skilled than us. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's still important for us not to waste time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here uh, to do it and uh, the next generation will make it even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so like like uh, a wise person once said, if not me, who? Mm-hmm. And if not now, when? when? Exactly. So I think that's the philosophy philosophy we um, strive to uphold too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> on that exciting note. Uh, 
on that Let's gorgeous. grab some drink. Let's <laughs> <laughs> grab some hot water and tea bags. <laughs> so, uh, is that what you call it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call it fire and drink. <laughs> it's there for the hot water. But yeah, aside from that, uh, is there anything else you guys like to, you know, uh, share with the listeners? Um, I would say um, stay tuned. A lot of more positive things are coming. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be part of it, it's not too late. And it will never be too late. But your need is needed right now more than ever mm -hmm. and there are many ways that you can help or join mm -hmm. um, starting from just simply relaying the message sharing this podcast with your friends or just leaving a comment leaving your opinion our facebook posts mm -hmm. to becoming a monthly um, donor and by going to our website at lantanthara.org or there are a lot of other ways too. And if you're in Mongolia, you can just go to one of our offices. I mean, one of the magic protection centers and meet um, the people there. Or if you have any questions or concerns, or if you're not sure about anything we talked about so far, any questions about financials, then please do not hesitate to reach us. Mm -hmm. um, you can Facebook message us, you can email us at info at landonthara.org or podcast at landonthara.org mm -hmm. and we're happy to answer any questions you might have. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you very much and um, thank you everyone for listening. Yes, thank you. It was great talking to you guys. On today's episode of the Landonthara podcast, we talked about our annual Appreciation Gala Dinner 2019 and the organization's future development efforts. From the Lantondokyo office, the hosts were Potro, Oyudari, and Gesser. Thank you for listening and have a great day.